0: Hi, I'm Denise Bailey. And I'm Dr. Monica
1: Parker. And you're listening to My Parents Are Now My Kids, a medical doctor's view and daughter's journey through memory loss and other dementias.
0: As a doctor, I'll help you navigate through the often confusing, confounding, and frequently frustrating technical aspects of dementia.
1: And as a daughter, I'll share with you some things I've experienced caring for and loving my parents who both struggled with these disorders.
0: We want you to have hope and to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel.
1: And we'll tell you that sometimes that light is coming straight at you and you just have to get out of the way. Let's get started. Hi, Dr. Monica.
0: Hi, Dr. Denise.
1: How are you?
0: I'm upright and breathing.
1: I know, isn't it a blessing just to be upright and breathing? Last time we talked, we were telling our listeners about how to travel with someone with Alzheimer's and dementia, and we gave great points, great information that I follow, and I went on my trip, as I mentioned that I was going to do, and I won't say disaster happened, but disaster happened. I um, left my mom in the wonderful care of family while I then went on and took a little respite of my own. And a week into my respite, I get a phone call and say, your mom fell. Ah, So I rushed back to get her and to make a long story very short, she broke her leg. She broke her leg. So my life is kind of upside down now. Things are a little different. She was infirmed, but now it's really, you know, a lot of hands-on and, and makes it a little bit more difficult, but she's a very strong woman. She fractured her tibia around the knee, um, but no surgery, and and she's in a cast that, not a cast, a brace, and she keeps trying to take it off, so she's really agitated right now. And so that's what I kind of wanted to touch on today, agitation. And what do you do? I saw that there's a new FDA approval for medication called Brexpiprazole, which people may have seen as Brexalty. I've seen the commercial on TV to help with
0: agitation.
1: So what do you feel about that?
0: Well, I think it's really important to acknowledge that people with dementia will have moments where they're a little bit more agitated than in others. And I think that for somebody who's not previously been agitated and all of a sudden becomes irritable and difficult to manage, that we start looking for other things and not think that this person necessarily needs a medication or drug to make them behave better. So the way to generally manage people with dementing behaviors is not with medications, but with restructuring their environment. A lot of times people who become agitated and irritable are reacting to something that is different in their environment. So if you go to the Alzheimer's Association websites or any websites that talk about Alzheimer's and agitation, they talk about triggers. So the first thing that I mentioned to you was what's changed in the environment. I'm going back to your mother now. But in your mother's case, what has changed is she's broken her knee or broken her leg, broken a bone, whatever you want to say. And she's likely in pain. She can't tell you, about her pain because she doesn't really quite know how. She's lost the ability to do that. And so she may be becoming a little irritable and a little distracted because she is uncomfortable. But there are other things in the environment, and I'm gonna go back to that again, the environment of people who are living with dementia that we should be paying attention to, to minimize the likelihood of their developing an agitation such that they become disruptive and difficult to manage with. So again, because somebody is frustrated, can't explain or express themselves, they may quote, act out. So it may be, I'm hurting, I can't tell you. I'm hungry, I can't tell you. It burns when I pee, but I can't tell you. You may be giving me something to do that I'm trying to do, but it's frustrating for me to do. And I really wish you would not make me do it. You may have changed my surrounding. You mentioned that you took your mother on vacation to Winston Salem with you. While it seemed okay for you, it may not have been for your mother, but like for anybody, if I'm in my home, I have, The things that I'm familiar with, whether it's my animals, whether it's my routine, blah, blah, blah. It's what I am familiar with. But then when you take what's familiar to me away from me, I'm uncomfortable. I don't feel safe because I don't know where I am. So unfamiliar surroundings can trigger behavioral changes in people. Loud noises, excessive, I like to say large crowds, populations. If you're in an environment and you're everyday... Activity, when you're living with this person who has dementia is just you and a spouse and maybe an animal, then you take them out of this and you put them in an environment where there are hundreds of people, they're a little afraid, they're fearful. And then physical discomfort is a real trigger for behavioral change in people with dementia for all the reasons that I just stated. They cannot respond to you, they cannot tell you. And agreed, everybody is a little different. But for people who have normally had no behavioral disturbances, it's important to start paying attention to what may be different in their environment. In your case, your mother broke a bone. That's a significant change in her overall environment and her ability to move. She's used to getting up and walking and moving. Now she can't do any of that. She's probably frustrated. For somebody who's just developing, let's say, a urinary tract infection and they're in pain, when they urinate, they're probably not going to want to get up and go pee. They're just going to whine, sit still, something like that. But when somebody who is not normally agitated becomes that way, it means that we as caregivers need to start looking for what might be wrong, something a little different, which gets me to those medications. The medication, that you're um, asking about Rexulti is what we call an antipsychotic medication. And antipsychotic medications are for people who have definitive mental health disorders like schizophrenia, like bipolar disorder, like paranoia. And these medications are for that. Yes, there are some providers who have given these antipsychotic medications to people who are demented. And in general, if somebody is on an antipsychotic medication without a uh, psychotic diagnosis, that's a red flag for us because that raises a safety issue. Hmm. Nursing facilities and rehab facilities who have a large number of people on antipsychotic medications are re- downrated because they are putting on chemical restraints. That sedate people that keep them immobilized, keep them in bed. And when you stay in bed for a long time, what happens, Dr. Denise?
1: You get bed sores.
0: Okay. So you start snowballing a lot of different things that go on. But there are medications to help with agitation. But as a provider, I have to always say, you know, we have a routine. Let's establish a routine. The person with living with dementia wants to feel safe and secure and in control of whatever it is he or she wants to feel in control of. And when you have them in a familiar home setting with familiar people, they're very comfortable. When you change that environment, when you change it such that they are not as comfortable, they may not feel safe and they develop defensive postures. If they're in pain, they may be protective of whatever part of them is hurting. So before we jump to, let me get on this medicine. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? The rule for managing behaviors in people with dementia is let's think more about behaviors that we can put in place or help people establish so that they feel comfortable. That's why the scheduling, the routine is important and you know, minimizing or limiting the number of The amount of stimulation that may be excessive for somebody with dementia to handle.
1: Right. And that's what they mean by the non drug approaches. Am I right?
0: Yes. Yes. Non drug approach really means let's modify their environment, let's control, let's say, the people in that environment that they're familiar with. One of the things that, um, can I tell you a story?
1: Please do.
0: Okay. I had a patient who lived in an um, assisted living here in Atlanta. Her daughter lived in Athens and she would come visit her mother every week with her usual things. And she noted that her mother wasn't walking and she stopped walking. And not only did she stop walking, she became very disagreeable with be physically mean to the people who came in to try to help her and her daughter just thought she was just being obstinate. Well, she said, well, I don't know why she won't get up. So when she brought her to me and I tried to stand her up, I could see that her leg was swollen and that that was a little different. They didn't look the same. Long story short, she broke her fibula. She had gotten up to walk and had fallen, but nobody had seen it. So when she got herself up, she sat and refused to move. So when somebody tried to get her to move, she would bat him away and become very, and this person was verbal, very uh, argumentative, but she had broken her fibula. So the reason she wasn't standing was because it hurt her. And um, she wasn't moving because it hurt her. Yes. But she lacked the ability to tell you that her leg hurt. So the only thing she could do, was not move and refuse to move and defend herself when you tried to touch her. Right. Right. So one of the things we have to remember for people living with dementia is they don't process information the same. They can't communicate the same because they have a neurodegenerative process that makes it difficult for them to do that. So that's, you gave me a story. I gave you a story trying to give you a reason for why somebody who's normally not difficult all of a sudden becomes difficult and we have to do a little detective work to see well what has changed
1: right right well my mom aka cookie monster you said not normally difficult but she is normally difficult she's just a little bit (laughs) she's just a little bit more difficult right now she keeps undoing the brace on her leg. So maybe that's her acting out, uh, her form of agitation. Well, and
0: it's not normally there.
1: It is not normally there. So personal point of preference, how do I stop that, doctor?
0: Put mittens on her. <laughs> okay. But mittens okay. on her. You know those big cooking, those cooking mittens, those silicone mittens?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: But mittens on her. Well, thank
1: you. I will certainly try that because I hear that, and that's the Velcro. She's taking off the straps, and I spend my entire day trying to stop her.
0: From okay, but, the- but She has finger movement when you leave her hands free, but if you put her in one of those little silicone mitts, yes. she doesn't have fine motor accents. <laughs> ah,
1: listeners, ah! she's laughing, but this may work. So if you have a situation out there where your loved one is a little bit busy with their hands, put them in mittens. Okay.
0: You can put her in mittens and you can give her something else to do.
1: I've tried that. I have certainly tried that. Okay,
0: well, then you need mittens.
1: I need mittens. Okay.
0: I need and mittens. then you have the club effect. She can hit you with her mittens. <laughs> she won't be able to undo her brace. Ah, oh,
1: thank you. I'm writing this down. Mittens, everybody. Mittens. <laughs> and also, with these non-drug approaches, you must learn not to take it personally, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, those of us who are primary caregivers are the first in the line of sight and we're the first people to become targets for whatever is coming our way, whether it's saying something mean, doing something hurtful. Um, When I say doing something hurtful, maybe they'll pick up something and throw it at you. Maybe all of a sudden they'll unleash a torrent of obscenities and curse you and say bad things about you. And it makes you feel bad for the moment. Yeah, you will feel bad for the moment, but you have to go back and think that if my mother or my father or my loved one was in their right mind, they would not do this.
1: Yes, I have had to learn that myself because in the beginning, I was trying to, as my mother would say, tit for tat, like respond to absolutely everything she was doing. And now- I kind of have a piece about it, believe it or not. A piece that surpasses all understanding. I just look at her and say, Denise, she doesn't know what she's doing. And she really doesn't mean it. And she really does love you. So you just have to let her be. And listeners, it's, it takes a lot. It really takes a lot. But if you can learn to do that, I learned that that diffuses a situation more often than not, because my mother's personality is she's always been combative. And so the Alzheimer's has just elevated her combativeness to a thousand percent. And she wants an argument. But if you do not respond and just sort of deflect and diffuse, it confuses her even more, which is good in the in the respect that she won't fight anymore because she has no one to fight with.
0: That's a good thing. You have to give her something else to take away that anger. But while we're on that subject, Denise, so what do you do to help? You say, I tell myself that this is not really my mother and she really, really loves me. So how are you getting some relief while your mother is healing from her fracture?
1: Well, I have learned from you that when you have a medical condition like this, always reach out to those um, caseworkers and people who can help you. And fortunately, I was able to get some home help to come in, one person to give her a bath, there's another story there. <laughs> a physical therapy, occupational therapy, and a nurse. So even though I still had to be in the home with them, it gave me a moment just to walk away and let them you know, take care of her for those 30, 45 minutes. Um, and I also called on friends because as we've said in the beginning, it takes a village to help. And I have wonderful friends who have come in once a week just to sit with my mom so that I could go out and get groceries and run errands. And we won't tell my age, but I just had a birthday so I had to run out and get my car tag and all of that. So that's what I've been doing. And then just trying to take a moment for myself here and there because I just wanna be around. I feel a little guilty because of the accident in the first place and i wasn't there so i'm a little bit more hands-on with her because i don't want it to happen again and i'm trying to help her heal because this is a very strong 93 year old and she is i pray and i believe that she's going to walk again she will thank you
0: she's motivated to do so
1: she is she's very motivated because it starts with the brace and she keeps taking it off. So I'm gonna get some mittens. I'm gonna get some mittens. Well, thank you for letting me have that moment to talk and to vent and listeners out there, you may need that moment. So just talk to family, friends, get it off your chest. Don't take their agitation personally. And um, everything will be all right. We'd love to hear from you. Please follow us on Twitter, NPMK at NPMK Podcast, and on Facebook and Instagram. My parents are now my kids. See you next time.